Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show on Believe, brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. And today we are going to be talking some San Francisco 49ers Jacksonville Jaguars preview. And I'm going to answer a couple of questions that you guys submitted from Twitter. The four and five San Francisco 49ers are coming off a resounding and much needed Monday night win over the Los Angeles Rams. While the Jacksonville Jaguars are at two and seven, but are two and two over their last four games. Going into the season, this looked like a relatively easy win for San Francisco, and I don't think people gave this much thought. That being said, that's why they play the game, and going into Week 11, things are very different. San Francisco's been very up and down throughout the season. They still should win this game, but it will not be without its challenges. So the Jaguars a couple weeks ago beat the Buffalo Bills, and they did that by allowing 301 total yards, but... They held Buffalo to just six points, and the Bills obviously did not score any touchdowns. The biggest thing, of course, was that they forced three turnovers. San Francisco the other night won the turnover battle, which has been an issue for them throughout the season and has been part of the reason for a variety of their struggles. Monday night football, they did not commit any turnovers, but they did force two turnovers. This was very big news for them. So that is something to watch out here for the, for the Bills. The Bills then lost to the Colts, but they gave up 23 points, but really only 16 of those were defense that can be blamed on the defense. Only 16 of those can really be blamed on the defense because Indianapolis scored on a blocked punt, returned for a touchdown in the first quarter. So the point here is the Jags are improving on defense. And that is something that the 49ers are going to have to keep an eye on, especially because they are having some situations on the offensive line. Mike McGlinchey at right tackle is out for the season. Jalen Moore is currently day-to-day. Will it be Tom Compton having to start at right, right tackle? That changes everything. And so then the offensive line really has its hands full with the Jacksonville defense that is starting to improve on the interior line. And of course, there's Josh Allen on the edge who is just having... A fantastic season. He had an incredible rookie year. Last season, marred by some injuries. This season, five and a half sacks, 12 quarterback hits, eight tackles for loss, 39 pressures. He is the he was the week nine AFC defensive player of the week. And you can see why. Because in that particular game, the Josh Allen versus Josh Allen battle, the Jaguars, Josh Allen won. So this is something that San Francisco is a little bit going to have its hands full with, especially for the reasons I mentioned along the offensive line. So something to watch is to see, will Jalen Moore, in fact, be healthy enough to start and make it through the game? And that will be very important for San Francisco. Now, San Francisco was incredibly efficient on offense the other night. As I mentioned, they did not have any turnovers. They took care of the football. And that's been a big part of the struggle for this team. They have committed turnovers while not forcing turnovers. And then the other place is they've really struggled on third down. That was very much not the issue on Monday. On third and fourth down, they were seven for nine for 123 yards and two touchdowns. You can't get a lot more efficient than that. And that is something they're going to need to continue to do. I imagine on a short week, cross-country trip, 10 a.m. Pacific time start, San Francisco may start a little slow. It's been an issue for the offense throughout the season, really, no matter where they've been. 
Worth noting, they had their first home win on Monday night. So they do do better on the roads. They got that going for them. But I imagine that they will start a little bit slow, and I think it will keep this game close into the half. I do imagine San Francisco to pull away, but we'll see. In its first seven games of the season, the Jaguars' defense allowed more than 250 passing yards in every game. This is good news for Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers offense. But this is an offense that ran the ball 44 times for 156 yards on Monday. Kyle Shanahan said that he challenged the team to run the ball 40 times. And he almost kind of took it back, but then felt like it was a really good challenge and that it was a team challenge, not just an offensive challenge, but a team challenge on all sides of the ball. That is really the key to San Francisco's success. We saw that quite often in the 2019 Super Bowl year, and we saw it the other night. This is a run-first offense. This is a team that really needs to be running the ball at least 30 times a game to set up a successful offense for, for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers passing game. So can they continue to do that? My feeling is yes against this Jaguars team. They can, but for the reasons mentioned earlier, it's not going to be as easy as one might think. Something the 49ers can be very proud of is they have a league best 79 point they have something the 49ers can be very proud of is converting a league best 79.2% of their red zone trips this season into touchdowns which means when they get there they're very efficient. I do think against this Jaguars defense that has somewhat of a shaky secondary they will in fact be able to get there. Jimmy Garoppolo in his last three games have set a passer ratings of 100.6, 100.6, and 141.7. He's only committed one turnover, and that was late in the game against Arizona on a desperation throw. So we certainly count it, but it's not as egregious as some of the other turnovers we've seen earlier in the season. All of this to say, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at a very high level, and I hate to tell you guys, but I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of Trey Lance the rest of the season if this continues. I mean, Shanahan really said earlier, really a few weeks ago, that he's not going to start playing Trey Lance unless it feels like the season is completely out of reach. And at this point, amazingly so, at four and five, San Francisco is in the hunt for a wild card playoff spot. And with the schedule they have coming up, they very well could get there. They play the Jaguars, they play the Vikings, they play the Seahawks the next three weeks, and these are teams that are at a combined nine and 18. So, San Francisco is very much in the hat. We may see Trey Lance situationally, but we really haven't seen much of that other than the first couple weeks of the season. So, you know, I just don't imagine that it's going to be be a big thing. And I know that's something that 49ers fans are upset about because everybody is excited to see Trey Lance. But this is Jimmy Garoppolo's team right now, and it seems like he's going to keep it. San Francisco will be getting some reinforcements on defense in safety Jaquaski Tart and linebacker Dre Greenlaw. Both of them had their practice windows open this week. At the linebacker position, Aziz Alshair has played just fantastic in Greenlaw's absence. And Kyle Shanahan said it's not a foregone conclusion that Greenlaw just gets the starting job back. I think it's really going to depend on health. Greenlaw is such a special player, and San Francisco has really missed him through much of the season. So I think it's just going to depend on health and this week and how that goes. And the same for Jaquaski Tart, rookie Talanoto. Rookie Talanoa Hufunga has done an incredible job in Tart's absence. But again, you know, will, will Tart be healthy enough? Will he look good enough in practice to get the starting job back? That remains to be seen, but it certainly helps to have the reinforcement on and depth on defense for San Francisco. 
So before we get into a prediction, you guys submitted some questions to me on Twitter. So I want to go ahead and answer that. First question, and this is a question that's come up frequently over the last several weeks. Will rookie cornerbacks Diamador Lenore and Ambry Thomas see playing time as the 49ers waived Drake Kirkpatrick earlier this week? I think it depends on Josh Norman and Emmanuel Mosley. Assuming both of them are healthy. Now, Norman is limited this week with a rib injury, as he was last week as well. I think assuming both of those corners stay healthy, they will get the lion's share of the work. Uh, Drake Kirkpatrick, they just were one over, Kyle Shanahan said, in that position. And so, you know, they had to they had to let somebody go. So I don't know how much this means that we're going to be seeing that much of Diamador Lenore and Ambry Thomas. Kyle Shanahan has already indicated that they're not quite where he would want them to be to get a, a ton of playing time. I know we saw Diamador Lenore earlier this season uh, step in when he had to, but I, I think you're going to be seeing a lot of Josh Norman and Emmanuel Mosley uh, on Sunday unless somebody gets hurt. So that was one of my questions. The next question that I got, Jimmy Garoppolo trade value. When does it become higher if he continues to play well throughout the season? You know, in all honesty, I think probably Jimmy Garoppolo is just going to end up getting released. He would have to approve any trade, and he might. He might if it's something that makes sense for him. But with uh, with the money that he brings with him, I, I think for him it's better for him to get released. Then he can really pick whatever team that he wants in terms of those that are interested in him. I also wouldn't be shocked, and don't get upset with me, guys, but I also wouldn't be entirely shocked if Jimmy Garoppolo was still on this team next year. Now, do I think that that's highly likely? No, I definitely do not. And going to the season, I would have said absolutely no chance. At this point, having seen so little of Trey Lance, with Garoppolo playing pretty well in these last few weeks, anything can happen. Like I said, I don't think that's entirely likely. I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked. I think the more likely scenario is Garoppolo gets released sometime February, March. Um, 49ers move on. Garoppolo moves on. And Trey Lance does, in fact, become the quarterback of the future, hopefully, since they traded so much of the future to get him. So then I was asked the question is, what is it about the Jaguars defense that I think creates the most challenges? And I do think I I answered that earlier. As I said, they have shown improvement on the interior line. And of course, Josh Allen, not to be confused with the Bills, Josh Allen, but the Jaguars, Josh Allen has been pretty incredible off the edge. And that will create some issues for Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. As for the 49ers defense, the one that is getting the reinforcements I talked about earlier, they will get their first look at rookie quarterback and number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence has struggled in his rookie campaign. He has eight touchdowns to nine interceptions and a QBR of 34.9. 49ers may also see some of former 49er running back Carlos Hyde as Jaguars running back James Robinson is battling both heel and knee injuries. So if that is the case, could be a little bit of the former Niner uh, in the backfield. Now, Carlos Hyde has been limited with the shoulder injury, but should Robinson not be able to go? Could be a, a Carlos Hyde game for the San Francisco defense. Fun little wrinkle also, GM Trent Balky of the Jaguars, former GM of San Francisco. So lots of being reunited. Will it feel so good? TBD. The thing that has been particularly interesting to me about the San Francisco team this week, after the Monday night win, 
certainly they were very happy to have won that game. They needed to win that game. They performed at a high level. And you could say it was a statement game. Should they make the playoffs, that game is certainly the one that turned their season around. But what's been interesting is Trent Williams said after the game, every game is personal at this point. And I think that's the thing to remember here for San Francisco. They have eight games left. They have a favorable schedule in those eight games. And if they want to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win a lot of them and they're going to have to continue to perform at a high level. But to me, something I noticed after the Chicago game was there was so much excitement after winning that game. And as well, there should be. They were really struggling. They went out on the road. They beat Justin Fields and the Bears. It was you know Jimmy Garoppolo going back to Chicago, where he's from. And and it was a big deal, and it was an important game to win. But there was so much excitement after that game. They then come home against a very depleted Arizona Cardinals team and were, in their words, absolutely embarrassed. They came into Monday Night Football against a Rams team that has been incredible, a Rams team that had just acquired Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. And as I said, it was pretty much a statement game. But there was some somewhat of a subdued excitement after that game. Certainly they were happy to win. Certainly they were happy to have played at a high level. But there seemed to be an understanding that this is really just the beginning for the San Francisco team. If they make the playoffs, this is the turnaround game. So that's something that I think is permeated throughout the week. Trent Williams said after the game, every game is personal from this point forward. And I think that's true. Something else I found interesting is Kyle Shanahan said nobody got the game ball on Monday night because he said if he did a game ball, he would have to give it to the entire team. I asked him on our Tuesday conference call, did he feel earlier in the season maybe the highs were too high and the lows were too low? And he said, no, you know, in Chicago, they gave the game ball to, to Garoppolo because he had played so well in his homecoming, so to speak, and Mitch Wisnowski because he had just had a baby and had flown in that morning. But it was kind of an interesting thought process that this team seems like a different team this week. Obviously, we'll see what happens Sunday. We'll see what happens in the next few weeks. But they seem like a different team in what in which they understand that this season has not gone how they wanted it to go. But there's a lot of talent on this team. There's a lot of potential on this team. And if they play their brand of football and play it well, they can perhaps hit some of the expectations that this team had before the season. Do I think this team is going to the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. Do I think this team is capable of getting to the playoffs and winning a game or two? Absolutely remains to be seen. It all starts Sunday in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. Like I said, I'm giving the 49ers the win either 24 to 14 or 27 to 14. I will not commit to a score. I apologize about that. So let's see what happens on Sunday. Continue to send your questions in. And make sure to tune in next week. We have two really fantastic guests. One for Tuesday's episode. We will recap everything in the NFL from the weekend. And then I have a pretty awesome guest to preview the Vikings 49ers matchup that will come this Sunday after Thanksgiving. And with that, make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.